repeating. Foster, he fires off the post. He scores. He scores. It took a moment for everybody to realize it. But Foster with that bomb of a shot ricochets it off the post and in behind Corey Snyder for a power play goal and a 1 0 Edmonton lead. You like hearing that highlight of that uh, goal you had <laughs> with Edmonton once upon a time? Yeah, I still remember it. it uh, you know, there wasn't too many of them, so I remember them all, I think. Hey, don't sell yourself short. I saw you had a 10-goal season with uh, Minnesota. Yeah, my first year, it seemed that uh, my first couple of games, seems like everything was going in the net, so I had some luck on my side. And, um, you know, to be able to score my first game with Minnesota, actually twice, was a pretty amazing experience that I'll never forget. Man, that is so cool. And I want to get your thoughts on tonight's matchup, of course, with Kingston. Uh, but first, I do want to talk a little bit about your playing days. You played over 400 games in the NHL, and before that, you played with the Peets. I'm wondering what it was like for you when you got the call to sort of come back and coach uh, with your team that you played junior with. What was that like originally? Well, I mean, when my wife and I decided to look into the coaching, it was kind of something that uh, the last couple of years I started paying more attention and, uh, you know, to what the coaches were saying and what we were doing and kind of taking interest in it. And uh, last year, towards the end of the year, you know, we kind of went through some stuff that, uh, you know, kind of made us think about coming home and um, put my resume out or, you know, got one together. You know, I hadn't done a resume in a long time. Usually you had your agent doing that for you. So that was a little different, but uh, put one together and, you know, with the help of some different hockey minds and, you know, that I know throughout the hockey world and, had a couple of interviews, and you know when the Pete's offered me the job, it was kind of a no-brainer for me. Uh, this is where we've called home for a long time. This is where my kids know us home, so it was a perfect scenario for my family and I. I'm very intrigued what a resume looks like when you're putting in for an assistant <laughs> coaching job in the Ontario Hockey League. Is it like uh, job credentials, uh, played for the Pete's, played in the NHL? Like, What exactly do you put down on your page? Basically, uh, I had a coach from two years ago, and when I played in Mannheim, Germany, who was a former player who had actually retired the year before and was his first year coaching, and he kind of sent me his uh his resume what he did and um you know yeah basically it's like literally you go to hockey db put up your stats uh put uh, some you know contacts of who you know and some uh references i guess you know so try to find some good hockey minds that you know you know i had jeff tui and a couple coaches i had guys that you know i respected and you know i had a good good uh relationship with that i knew that would back me and on top of that i just kind of had a cover letter you know it was just a little essay that uh, i made that kind of talked about my beliefs, my, what I thought my strengths were and what I learned from certain coaches throughout my career and um, hopefully impress guys enough. And, you know, at the end of the day, it, until you get in a room and start talking hockey, you really can't impress anybody. But, you know, if it helps you get your foot in the door, that's what you need to do. Uh, that's kind of – I'm intrigued by that too. So you go in, you meet with everybody. Um, what kind of – are you just trying to tell them something they don't know? Like how do you approach that? Uh, do you want to prove that you're kind of unique? Uh, you know what, for me, actually, my, my first inst- instance, uh, I went to uh, – talked to uh, a rival of the Peets and, you know, checked out their arena. And uh, it was more of an informal, not really an interview, just kind of a meet and greet with their GM and just kind of said, you know, I'm, I'm available. And he said, okay, well, we don't really have anything right now, but, you know, if something comes up in the future and, uh, you know, sure enough, something did come up. I had a schedule interviewed, uh, or sorry, an interview scheduled, um, but then the Peets called and I went in one day and Mike just kind of said, why don't you just come in and chat? And I thought, okay, let's come in and chat. And I walked in, and then in comes Jody with a notepad, and then there's Mike with a notepad. I'm like, oh, here we go. I guess this is for real right <laughs> it's now. It's on now, right? Yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of – I didn't know what to think, but, you know, just the way I am, I'm kind of uh, outspoken, like to speak my mind, so I kind of just went right into it, told them what I believe in and what I think works and where I thought I could help, and they had an idea of where they thought I could uh, help the team, and, you know, it's kind of the eye in the sky, and – you know, realistically, at the beginning, I was kind of disappointed because I wanted to be on the bench. I want that feeling of being in the game again. And But uh, after talking to a few people, it was kind of a good way to, uh, you know, kind of get myself back and, you know, get myself into coaching where 
I wasn't, you know, so focused on the in-game decisions. I'm upstairs. I kind of can see when, you know, kind of learn the league again, learn the players. I've right. kind of been away from the OHL for so long and how the OHL worked. I've been so used to the pro game that it's kind of been nice to be up top and, and watch and just kind of work with the players on a personal level where they kind of trust me and they, we can talk about things that maybe most of the coaches don't. And uh, it's kind of been a great learning experience my first year. And, you know, you, you learn so much. You know, Jody's been around. Jake Grimes has been around a long time. Andrew Werner, for, you know, he, everybody knows him as a goalie coach, but he's a very smart in-game, you know, guy that notices a lot of things. And, you know, I've really learned a lot. And, you know, I always have, uh, you know, Mike Oaks there too. And then for me, Jeff Tui has been a huge mentor for me. He's always, any time I have a question where I'm really not sure what to do, I go to him and ask him what he thinks. And, you know, when you have guys like that on your, you know, your back pocket and then kind of have a couple guys in the NHL that I know that I can always contact and uh, ask questions about power play or whatever, just to kind of throw things off the wall and see what happens. And, you know, to have those kind of contacts is always nice kind of in this profession because, you know, you're always – what somebody said one time, you're always as good as the people around you. And that's right, kind of yeah. what, uh, what, I, what I feel. Yeah, very good. Uh, we were chatting with Pete's assistant coach, uh, Curtis Foster. I mentioned played over 400 games in the NHL. So you played uh, a couple of games with Atlanta. Later, you were with Minnesota. You scored 10 goals, 05-06. I'm curious about playing in Minnesota because it does seem like maybe – Maybe we don't appreciate just how passionate those fans are. It seems like a great place to play. Yeah, we don't. I mean, uh, you know, when I'm home here now, you know, you throw on TSN, you throw on Sportsnet, and, you know, it just doesn't get the love that uh, some places do. But in that city, it's, it's a great sports city. I mean, they have, you know, they have the Timberwolves, NBA, they have the Vikings, NFL, they have the Twins, they have the Wild, they have University, University of Minnesota, which is a huge university. They have tons of colleges, and, you know, it's great golf around there, um, great uh, outdoor sports. It's kind of, it's got everything. And to me, it's almost like a Canadian city in, in regards to they love their hockey. They're, they're diehard hockey, um, you know, from, from day one. They, you know, they sold out for 10 years. They had a little bit of a dry spell, but then right now they're back again. And, and uh, it was four years, I'll never forget. I, you know, made some great friendships. And uh, I think it's kind of a hidden gem in the NHL. I remember when Zach Parisi was about, you know, that year I played in Jersey. And, you know, he was asking me throughout the year. He was a UFA coming up, and he'd ask the thing, how, how is it? You know, he was from there, but he hadn't played there. And, you know, I couldn't say enough good things. And, you know, I'm not saying I was the guy that factored in him making that decision, but... Um, you know, I I can never say a bad thing about that place. They treated me well. It was a great experience, and it was really an undercover great, great city. Uh, what was it like being a young player playing for Jacques Lemaire? <laughs> he was the type of guy, you know, I, I in my cover letter, like I mentioned before, he was one of the guys I mentioned that I, I really felt that uh, I never really um, respected him enough until I went somewhere else and worked for, played under somebody else and then realized how much I learned from him. He was... Uh, a quiet coach. He didn't say too much. He, you know, you kind of learn from what his his actions almost. Uh, but he was very an advocate for defensive play, but still in a way that he let you roam, let you have your offense, but you had to be responsible in your own end. You had to be responsible to have an F, kind of a high guy in the ozone. But uh, you know, you could see him in the elevator, and he kind of just give you a head shake and you know head nod and not not really talk to you when you're 22 years old. You're like, oh, what's this? He doesn't like me. Well, I don't yeah, get this. Exactly. But you know what? I remember when I broke my leg, he came into the hospital and, he, you know, he really showed, you know, what kind of a person he was. And, you know, from that day forward, I can never say enough good things about him. And I think anybody who plays for him learns a ton 
And I think everybody would say he's an amazing coach. Uh, it was funny looking at Minnesota for those years, because Colin and I were talking a little bit earlier just how competitive that Western Conference was. I was looking specifically at 06-07. You guys had 48 wins, 104 points, and were still the seventh seed in the Western <laughs> Conference. Ended up with a tough draw against the eventual champion, Anaheim Ducks. But I would like to point out, I don't know if you know this, you got two points in three career playoff games. That's a pretty good ratio there, Mike. I, I did. It was, uh, you know, I think I only played three of five games, but... Uh, uh, it was an experience I never, never forget. You know, we played Anaheim the year they ended up winning the cup. Uh, you know, they were big and mean and tough, and we had like, you know, I think we had an almost brawling warm up. We had a big, you know, uh, Brad May took a big suspension against Kim Johnson during the series, and it was uh, kind of the I can't even explain it, but the the intensity and the nerves that everything went into that playoff for me was just something that was, you know, I, I won a championship a couple years ago in Germany, and it was awesome. But just it was just at a new level, and it was something that uh, it's hard to explain. And you know, you hope that I can help the guys of the Peets, you know, get to a level where sometime they get to experience that. Uh, we really appreciate you coming in on a game day. We had a little piece of audio. Do you remember this incident with uh, Jamie Langenbrunner? <laughs> with the sticks and gloves up, and they're going to go. Foster came over. His helmet not off. Langenbrunner's helmet is. They're in very tight. Neither has really landed a punch yet. Landon Burner physically trying to rip. I think you get the takedown at the end. Yeah, I don't think it was too much. It's uh, it's kind of one of those things that happened. (laughs) That's Pete on Pete crime, you know. Yeah, seriously. It was one of those things after it's over. It was kind of like, oh, what was I doing? But, you know, it wasn't uh, a huge part of my game. But any time it happens, it always gets the team fired up and... uh, you know, it's nice to see when that does happen nowadays. Do you remember how many fights you got into? Oh, no, it doesn't take much. Maybe three or four in the NHL, not a ton. Um, you know, for whatever reason, I seem to always play hard, but I didn't have to do it. And um, if I look back on it now, maybe I wish I did a little more. But, um, you know, it wasn't really in my blood. And uh, sometimes I wish it was. But uh, if I'm being honest with you, that's, that, that's the honest truth. Well, we're going to give you the victory in that one because it did end <laughs> up with the takedown. And uh, Langenbrunner, he looked like he was a little scuffed after that one. So, uh, uh, Curtis Foster, uh, thank you so much. And uh, make sure to come in again. We really appreciate the chat. Yeah, anytime, guys.